Hi, it's Tom. Please enjoy this last episode from our 2022 backlog. The 2022 backlog is done. I'll talk to you again when it is time for our 2023 backlog. I hope you enjoy. Welcome. Welcome to Social Distance Warriors. My name is Tom. It's December 14th in the year 2022, and it's 7.10 p.m. on the East Coast, uh, and we are still in the middle of a global pandemic, which is what this show, Social Distance Warriors, is about. And I'm not an expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll also go maybe in reverse order. I'm also not an expert. It is so dark, so dark outside. There is no sun. I am Rat, and this is Social Distance Warriors, a podcast. How are you feeling about the lack of sun? Not great. (laughs) Not great when it's like that and will continue to be like that for coming months. I don't even particularly suffer seasonal affective disorder that I do anything about i guess but it's nice when there's sun after my job and there is precious little sun after Mm. i come home from work now which is also because my work hours have shifted slightly so Mm. do you do you do anything for um when it is so dark uh for the winter um i just no i don't i don't enjoy it and i uh i get i get mad about it Which is kind of pointless, but it's just how I feel. And I'm looking forward to spring already, even though we are just on the cusp of winter anyway. So it's a long time before spring. Can I ask, is it a mad, does it feel good to be mad about the darkness? Or is it like, how does it feel to be mad uh, about the darkness? Does Do you feel better or worse afterward? Or is it just a change from feeling nothing? Uh, I think it's more just that's how I feel. And it's a change from feeling nothing. I don't think there's a, it's not like a good righteous anger that makes me feel feel like i've i've uh my my indignation has 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 won the day or anything like that or no there's nothing there's nothing like that it's just i uh i i wish it weren't the way it is and i'm just annoyed that it has to be this way how are how are how are things other than that um well i mean things for me um in a like i guess social like how things are sort of um outside of the time that i uh spend at my job are i'm spending um i think more time on mastodon recently uh in in a sort of like it is more social for me than it has been how do i like when I would be spending a lot of time on other social media, it would be with like people who I'm reading their writing, but I am not interacting with. And right now is a time of like, I am spending a lot of time and also interacting with people. Um, and that's kind of fun. Uh, cause I also do that, um, a bit on the revolutionary girl Utena discord server that I am part of. So it's kind of like a social space there that is online. Um, and Mastodon is a bit of that for me as well right now. Hmm. Now, you, you've been a Mastodon regular for a bit longer than I have. I don't know how long you've been one, but I know that yeah. you, I know that you, you are not like a new, a new recruit from the present wave of Twitter disillusionment. Yes, I think um, there was a time, I think it was 2018, 
there was a time when sort of um, my friend group that had been using like Twitter groups to have like a group chat first kind of migrated to having our own Discord server and then kept that. But in addition to that, also added a like, hey, let's try out Mastodon. Uh, so yes, I, I have had an account for a couple of years at this point, but the past couple of months, definitely with Twitter, <laughs> however much we want to talk about like how Elon Musk's sort of like bold and brash kind of like uh, very quick Twitter running spiral um, has affected things, has has meant that I'm spending some more time there. Yeah, I mean, th- there's there's a lot more going on there, too. So, yeah, as as you know, I run my own Mastodon server and um, it has been interesting because it, it has gone from in the past couple of months, it's gone from there being really just two users to now there's uh, about about 10 mm. uh, people who are using it in various ways, some more heavily than others, some just to lurk and read. But uh, that that has been interesting. And so far, there hasn't been a lot of the the difficult community management aspects of that like that have have not reared their heads yet i've had some technical challenges i've had to work through which has been fun and interesting for me as a change of pace but um but yeah i haven't had to deal with like the drama or or challenges that can come from uh hosting a service that people use in a social way yeah i'm curious like have you had from either managing uh spaces like that or from being like i don't know in forums or in online groups before have you had a lot of exposure to like being in any of those positions or is this kind of like you've started your first sort of every grown adult's dream of uh, starting your own instance on a, I don't know all the terms, a federated social <laughs> media instance. Yes. Well, um, no, I, I, I think my first time being a, a moderator or something as part of a, a community was like when I was in middle school. <laughs> I was um I was a moderator on a Pokemon fanfiction web forum. Wow, I've never been a moderator. Okay, you were a moderator in middle school. Yeah, I think it was middle school. It might have been high school, but um yeah, I remember I was an active user on the Pokemon fanfiction forum at like the sub forum at pojo.com which is a very popular Pokemon website back in the day, and they shut down their Pokemon fan fiction forum and like consolidated in with all of their other fan fiction forums for for various other fandoms and we were like no we want to do our own thing we want to we have our own little community vibe going on here so we split off into our own forum which i believe is called this way up and i as i recall i was a moderator on that um yeah i mean i was definitely like one of the more prominent members i think i had moderation duties but i i know i was a moderator on the mobius forum which is a sonic the hedgehog fan forum that that's that's the one from which i have a lot of um battle scars from mm-hmm. fandom drama, and th- there there are still a few people from that forum I'm still in touch with today. One of whom is a frequent user of of, of Mastodon, who I follow there and am in touch with a lot. Who was actually very helpful to me when I was first getting started on Mastodon, kind of showing me the ropes and acculturating me to some of the social norms. But th- I, I was one of many moderators. But my my um going through my history of online community management, the kind of biggest one was I started a community Slack group for fans of the Maximum Fun podcast network, mm-hmm. which at times, I think at its peak, it had, I don't know, maybe 70 or 80 active users. And um, I was the head admin. And I still am, but it has it has dwindled down to, um, you know, maybe six or seven users 
and mm-hmm. we no longer talk about the Maximum Fun podcast, so we changed our name to not reference it anymore. So no one comes along thinking that, oh, you're here to talk about the McElroys or whatever. But yeah, and uh, that is another area where I have many, many uh, uh, battle scars from fan fandom drama or you know moderation decisions that i made that were not good and that i got blowback for and moderation decisions i made that were the right call but i got blowback for anyway so i think uh you wear it well you wear your (laughs) battle scars well i uh liked how when i was asking to make an alt account on your mastodon instance i like um how frequently you were like Hey, did you read the rules? Did you <laughs> <laughs> did you did you read the rules? Do you understand? Okay, I will allow you. Even you know, despite uh, we we have a friendship and podcast together, I was not exempt from the like. Hey, to to join this, you need to do this. Um, all starting on the same foot. Uh, I, yeah. I think that uh, is good and probably. Um, I'm I'm not out here to cause problems on purpose, but I think that is a good precedent to set for when you are inviting people to a community that you will kind of in some ways be responsible for ever, uh, whatever mischief I get up to. <laughs> I, I think that is a reasonable request. Very reasonable to ask me to uh, read and acknowledge that I uh, will abide by certain rules. Mm. Yeah. And I think this is something I put in place after you joined, but um I I now have there there is a secret word in the code of conduct that oh, um, like a did you read it kind of yeah yeah so you have to say the secret word to me in order to in order to join to prove that you you read it I don't think I don't think that was in place when you when you joined. no that was not in place but I I mean I I guess I could have gotten out of actually reading it <laughs> <laughs> because there was no secret word but I like a fool <laughs> did read um and then even. I think you had different resources in your links where you were like, here's here's um, some of the codes of conduct I uh, pulled from to create this one. I, I even read some of those codes of conduct. Yeah, yeah. It's um, another part of it is, you know, part of that comes from the, you know, my, my past in online communities, but also part of that comes from my professional life where one of the main things I do as part of my job is I wrangle documentation and I'm in charge of onboarding new users into our database system in the office where I, where I work, where one of the things I, I have to do a lot is get people who are not technically comfortable, like who are not like technology people, get them set up, make sure their um, questions are answered, make sure they have adequate documentation that explains things, make sure they've actually read the documentation and that they know how to efficiently refer to back back to it. Um, And so for that reason, I have done what I think has probably gone a little bit overboard in terms of like producing like a like a published resource that is many pages long. It has several pages of like, all right, here is the privacy policy, which is which is written to be readable by a human, is written to be like to, to provide appropriate emphasis to the things that I think are important or that you might want to consider because th- that's that's something that um, when I first started in my career was not provided to me. Uh, I wasn't given a whole lot of support in getting up and running in my my early job at, at, at my first employer. 
Uh, and so I have I've kind of made it my calling card to produce excellent documentation for absolutely everything. I think we've talked about that a bit in, in previous episodes, but yes. but it has it has definitely um, influenced my approach to cre- you know creating documentation artifacts for a server that is only ever going to be used by probably fewer than 25 people. But yeah, um, I'd like for those people to have something to refer to. And also I have kind of put it out there for other people who are also interested in running small, you know, online communities that like, Hey, I, I, like you said, I, I linked to the things that I, um, cribbed from and I am encouraging other people to crib from my work for their own purposes if they want to. Yeah. And I will say, um, more nice things about you. So watch out. Um, (laughs) I will say you, you also, um, beyond people who are going to be members of your specific instance you wrote a like what is mastodon kind of or you have a longer title what how yeah uh, many many sort of questions as a explanatory for hey people who are maybe finding it perplexing to go from facebook or twitter or other kinds of social media that do make it so so deceptively easy to just just show up and uh, then kind of grab hold of you. Mastodon doesn't quite do that. You, you, you have, again, it very much shows that like you have experience in like getting new people used to uh, either job or company culture. And in this case, a like weird kind of strange uh, new form of like, there is a little more uh, work involved in getting used to uh, being on Mastodon. Uh, what would that look like? Uh, kind of, why would you want to do it? What are the benefits? Mm. Why? <laughs> I, I, I think that will, I, I have at least tried to share that out to people that I would want on Mastodon. It's it's not a like, uh, I'm sharing it everywhere to every single person to my parents, because I don't want them to know. <laughs> I, 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 I can dare not say the words Mastodon to my parents for fear that uh, my dad, who does have the technology ability to now like Google any term he hears uh, that I talk about. Um, I, 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 I <laughs> would not um, give him that power, but for other people who I would think might want to join Mastodon uh, again, that is like even more than just the direct people you are then like responsible for that will have an impact and probably already have. Well, thank you. Um, this was not a response specifically to what I, I did, but one one thing I saw on Twitter was someone I know, and I don't want to put this person on blast because their, their tweet is not entirely unreasonable, but it was like, wow, white cisgender dudes on Mastodon really like explaining Mastodon to you. And there's a thing on there's a thing on Twitter uh, about people among people who have kind of looked at Mastodon and they're like, eh, not for me. With like, you know, it's too complicated. It requires so much explanation. And I don't know. It does kind of sting a little bit because it's like, yes, I do like explaining. Like, I I, I try not to be a um, an obnoxious mansplainer, but I try to offer help, and create resources for people. Like, this is something that I I feel strongly about and uh, and like doing. So I don't know. I I, I feel it. I'm trying to strike a balance. Like one one thing I, I try, I'm not sure how much to do is like just a couple minutes ago, actually, before we started recording, I logged back into Twitter for the first time in a while. Well, I, I posted on Twitter for the first time in a while. I do kind of, I do kind of keep an eye on it sometimes, but I posted, I was just like, Hey, just as a reminder, Macedon is a lot of fun and we'd love to have you there. Um, because I don't, I don't know when I'm 
coming on too strong with that whole like, hi, I'm your helpful expl- explainer friend who's here to tell you all about what's what. And yeah, I don't, I, 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 I try to find the place that's not overbearing. And I don't know, I don't know if that's something I will ever, you know, find a, find a, a peaceful lane for where I'm like, yes, I've gotten it exactly right. But yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I, I can see how. And yeah, one of the, I guess, fun parts of Twitter as well is that like everything does feel designed to sting even a little bit, even if it's not <laughs> mm. meant for particularly targeted part of part of that design sort of as I find, you know, the more infrequently I'm checking Twitter is that it's like, oh, it it is there to kind of like someone will tweet something and the things that will get more of a shown or get more of an interaction are maybe the things that sting a little or um, sort of provoke a little bit. Whereas, yeah, um, that's that's one way to generate conversation and interactions and kind of learn about the world. Uh, because still, I, I think you had mentioned for Spotify, that's one of the primary ways you had been like finding new music. Mm. Twitter for me still is sort of like how I stay with uh, current events in the world um trying to like well i guess i was doing something before that what am i doing now to have twitter be less of that in my life before before twitter it was kind of like well i lived in my parents house where my dad constantly had tv news on so i could not help but be too informed (laughs) about very specific things happening in the world so then there's Twitter, where I had lists of accounts to sort of like, give me an idea of what was happening in the world. Now I'm not doing that. So we'll find something else. For me, I I have a couple of carefully chosen news podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I also I have a subscription to the New York Times through my employer. So I, uh, I will look at that as well on my phone. But um, yeah, it's 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 a problem. Uh, one, one thing, actually, um, a, a major part of the news and politics content that I had been consuming for the past few years and even really enjoying, honestly, is um, content that was was created to dunk. <laughs> dunk content like to like i have within me a an insatiable appetite for content whose sole purpose is to like dunk on ben shapiro or dunk on jordan peterson and that is something that i'm actively trying to consume less of right now which is uh it's it's an interesting change for me because i have been reveling in it for the past few years especially with um, on youtube video essays where there's a lot of really great well-produced video essay content where it's like here's a three-hour video on why jordan peterson is a moron Mm-hmm. And I already know Jordan Peterson's a moron. I don't really need it explained to me, but it feeds a an appetite for me that uh, I don't I don't I don't, I don't know if it's really healthy. So I, I do think that cutting myself off from Twitter has severed one of the avenues by which that sort of content comes into my brain. But I'm now trying to take more of an active um, attempt to cut myself off from uh, from from content of that genre. And this is not like a condemnation of that genre because I think I think it's more just. Uh, me worrying about what it does to me and, and trying to consume less of it. How are things at your employer pandemic wise? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I believe it's been about a month since, I don't know, it's been time since we last recorded. Um, so I can, I can more describe sort of like what my job has been uh, in that time. Um, but most, most recently <laughs> the, sort of um pandemic effect on school 
uh, inclement weather um, has been no such thing as snow days anymore. Um, mm. Tomorrow we have forecasted, um, or rather tonight, we have forecasted some like freezing rain and possibly um, it will, you know, be enough that they will close school tomorrow. But this brought on on one sort of as as one of effect of the pandemic and sort of I'm sure as other uh, effects of like we as a society can never rest <laughs> and always always must be um, looking for ways to be more efficient and working. There are no more snow days. I don't know if this is ever everywhere in uh, America, but many many school districts there is virtual instruction days. Mm-hmm. And so today at um, the elementary school I work at, I I was getting invitations to Google Classrooms from teachers I didn't even know uh, had Google Classrooms. Um, The students were instructed to take home their Chromebooks and chargers just in case in the likelihood that uh, school is closed tomorrow. But again, this emphasis of like, well, if we have virtual school tomorrow, you need to be logged on by 9.05. If you're not logged on by 9.30, you will be marked absent kind of a thing, you know, in a way that it's like, I feel like any of the flexibility or sort of work and shift to virtual that like started in pandemic um, and was designed to like pr- provide a way for people to still do things despite social distancing, it's not doing that. It's not for that anymore. It's for, well, we as teachers have been told we don't get a snow day. So now we as teachers are also, you know, going to as strictly enforce uh, that you, the students, despite like your life uh, and routines being disrupted, the same kind of like punitive school practices that we're just going to carry over from what we do in the school building with such an awareness of like I, I it's such an awareness of like yeah uh maybe there will be kids with parents that aren't going to be helping them get up out of bed on time or sit in front of a computer who are going to have other kids that maybe even the other students are responsible to be taking care of or weather and technology issues that no one can really help with none of that is now like really it's able to be mentioned but it's not really considered like an acceptable like reason for you are expected to be (laughs) logged on to the google classroom at this time or you will be marked absent kind of Mm. a thing um so that is that is one most immediate sort of like oh this this seems to have been a thing that was directly like happening to get more instruction time due to the pandemic in many ways many other things the flexibility is gone but we're we're keeping the you don't get a snow day shift (laughs) anyway that's that's my little rant on for me i'm not a teacher it has been decided i am a paraprofessional um Hmm. for paraprofessionals it's actually apparently not so bad to have a virtual instruction day because i won't be a teacher trying to hold the attention of a class virtually there will just be very limited things i can do because i am a one-on-one assigned to one specific student checking in like hey you logged in okay there's not really a lot i can do i can't physically sit next to the kid or 
do a lot of the other things that I would be doing during a regular school day. So apparently for professionals, it is kind of a like, oh, you can chill, you can be logged in, but, um, you know, clean the house, uh, bake food or, you know, like have less attention uh, Mm. on on what my role is. But anyway, (laughs) that's that's been my little insight into (laughs) stuff. Yeah, that's. That's rough, honestly. Yeah. It's on, on the one hand, I can kind of see the logic, the logic in it, because it's like a cold logic, a cold, snowy, icy logic, where it's like, well, the reason we had snow days in the past is because it wasn't possible to do school. And now we have all these tools and methodologies and like infrastructure that make it possible to do school. So let's just use that to do school. But on the other hand, f- flipping for one day to this entirely separate infrastructure for how to do school that that people aren't necessarily like familiar with the routines of or prepared for and i'm sure some of these kids haven't haven't done it in a very long time it it's not uh it's it's such a disruption that you might as well just like chill and take the day off yeah i i I oscillate sort of between like experiencing in full force the sort of like uh dread of what it means to like be either working in a public school or what it must be for like a child to be going through um, the public education system. So I'm, I'm, I'm not deeply in it right now, but I do have, uh, you know, only, only, I guess, uh, those kinds of stories to share. It's interesting. Another symptom of the pandemic is yesterday was the band choir and who's the other one? Orchestra. Winter concert. They played to a completely empty auditorium and the concert was live streamed. So the justification I, I heard on that was that the auditorium's way too small for the whole school to fit inside anyway. And at this point, the kids have barely ever had whole school or partial school gatherings. It would be so much effort just to the process of getting them to all get in and out of the auditorium. It's not even worth it. So that being an example of like, oh, it's just not worth it. We'll just live stream. And then classes who want to watch the concert can watch through the link versus the virtual instruction. I guess it is it is considered worth it to make everyone go through the stress and heartache and uh, chaos of trying to do a virtual day mm. for some reason, even though, you know, like uh, many of my elementary school experiences of enduring heavily Christmas <laughs> holiday concerts. It's, you know, there were maybe things I I would have preferred to be doing, but it was kind of fun to like do something different and like be with the whole school and uh, have an assembly, you know, even even if it's not like the content of the assembly wasn't fun. It was a fun like ritual to like change a good change in routine, yeah. kind of. Because so many, if you're a child and there's a change in routine, so many of those changes are like scary and out of your control, as opposed to like out of your control and like a good surprise kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I, hmm. I truly don't recall if I'm repeating this, but um, I, I think the last time we recorded, I was like waiting for the school board to approve my transfer to an elementary school. And they didn't even end up meeting that week that I thought they were. So I had had another week after that of like um, paid administrative leave. And then I 
have since for the past couple weeks. School board did approve my transfer. I show up kind of and find out what my job is. I am a one-on-one paraprofessional and or you can think of it as like kind of personal works with one student aid to a third grader, an autistic third grade boy. So I go where he goes. He is in a main third grade classroom, but also kind of throughout the day we'll have various activities that he's like pulled in or out of and so wherever he goes I kind of go um, and help kind of problem solve or keep him on task kind of a thing. I am unofficially not my job kind of also a classroom aide (laughs) to that third grade class who have had multiple classroom teachers because their original one who started at the beginning of the year, I came in and was like, oh, maybe, uh, hi, I'm introducing myself. Um, Could I have your phone number in case we need to stay in contact? And she was like, well, I don't know how useful that's going to be. My last day is um, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Uh, I, I, I resigned in September and has sort of since the beginning of the school year kind of known she was leaving as soon as she could leave and so also our district doesn't pay out for sick days so if you have accumulated sick days you better use them or Mm. else you have lost them and gotten no money for it so that third grade class had a teacher who you know was teaching but was also very clear even to them like yeah, I'm gone and I'm taking all the stuff I brought for the classroom uh, when I'm gone um, and various like teacher substitutes for the year. So they do now have a long term sub who I, I will say I am happy to be working with mostly because um, she will tell me what her lesson plans are, isn't intending to resign and did give me her cell phone number <laughs> when when I asked. But that class itself, like the morale and the way like the students think about themselves is very much like, oh, we're a bad class. We get in trouble a lot, mm. you know, and it's like there are a lot of things that it's like, no wonder you think that way, because your your teacher, through no fault of your own, wasn't really paying attention to you all. And there were a lot of times where multiple teachers were coming in throughout the day, yet probably not giving students like consistency or attention. And now trying to like build trust in a relationship in November or December. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my job, <laughs> technically, but I care about them. <laughs> Uh, And that is both, you know, because I have gotten to know these students individually and also because I would sort of feel that way about almost any place I was put because that that is who I am as a person, I think. That makes sense. So I I gather that third grade children still like Sonic the Hedgehog. Is that? They do. They do. Based on on some of your posts on Mastodon. Yes. um, And I would like to be able to communicate more with some of their interests. Demon Slayer is a big one. Uh, oh, wow. Apparently Naruto is still big. Like, I'm so surprised for some of these, like, um, what sh- cartoons and anime that were, like, big when I was in school still have, like, staying power. But yes, um, I, I have uh, wanted to know, like, uh, not even just simply, like, what specific Sonic, probably Sonic movie, like what it is that these third graders have seen. But I I have wanted to sort of like familiarize myself with like certain like name and world of Sonic uh, lore just so I could maybe like hold my own in a conversation. 
Well, I mean, one of one of the confusing parts about that is that the lore and even names of Sonic stuff is is wildly different from medium to medium. Okay, good. The, the, for instance, the main villain is uh, known as Doctor Eggman or Doctor Robotnik, depending on what source you you refer to. It's kind of complicated <laughs> and strange because a lot of the '90s media that. American people were exposed to was based on sort of lore that was cooked up entirely by the American localization team ah. and had nothing to do with what the Japanese development team was doing. And so they had different lore. The Americans decided, all right, this is all happening on a planet called Mobius. Uh, whereas the Japanese people were like, yeah, it's Earth. It's just Earth. Um, in the, the 2000s, when plot started to become a more prominent aspect of the video games, there was an attempt to harmonize the two where now, like, for instance, in, in Japan, the character's name was Dr. Eggman. In America, they decided his name would be Dr. Robotnik, whereas now it is canonical in both places that his family name is Robotnik and that he took on the alias of Dr. Eggman. Like, originally, though, in America, it was canon that his family name was Kintobor, which he then reversed backwards to be Robotnik. So it's all very canonically confusing and... Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's I a do, lot. I do, I do love there is something to be said for when, like, writers are like, you know what f people are just dying to know? Like, you know what's eating away at people at night is why do we call one of them Dr. Robotnik and one of them... Is he still a doctor? Is He's still a doctor, uh, Eggman. He's not Mr., right? Yeah, he's doctor. He has a doctorate in both. In both. Yeah, doctor. Good. Good. Like... This is eating away at people, clearly. We need to give them an explanation. Uh, we, we need to tell them the answer. I think that can be so funny on a like outside story level to see what what questions uh, writers find like we've got to give them an answer or else uh, no one's going to buy this story about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, the Sonic the Hedgehog comic books from the 1990s, which were like my favorite piece of media as a child were especially like they, they needed to have a canonical in-universe explanation for everything. There was one time where they, they felt like they had to explain why, oh, in this one issue, the reason why um, Princess Sally Acorn was colored a little differently in this one panel was because she had fallen into a vat of chemical dye on a previous <laughs> mission. And it was very, uh, the, the writers of, of that comic were deranged in, in some particularly interesting ways. Um, uh, but yes, um, my um, student, um, his particular like fascination is not with Sonic. He um, is more interested in Mario and Luigi and particularly um, Galaga. Galaga. Which is a bad spaceship. Ooh, I, I'm, I, I'm needing to learn more about. Galaga is an arcade game from the 80s. Yes, yes. I'm needing to learn more about like how to how to say how to how to be a good explainer. But like. For example, I know I know the spaceship Galaga because that is one of the like um, stuffed plushes he will he will bring in um, as sort of a like comfort object to kind of get through specifically the loudness and overwhelmingness of lunch and or recess. And, you know, so those those are some of his fascinations. Um, at one point, he brought in and was very excited to bring in a like manual for Pac-Man early Pac-Man like here here's how you play this is a manual from like the 1980s um how how you would play that game that is incredible so yeah those are some of his like talk talk to me about this and items that people will like I don't know 
sometimes I feel like special interests can both be like, here's something that this kid is very interested in. And also it's like, here are things that adults in this kid's life have decided. We can always give this kid like Mario and Luigi like shoes or fruit snacks or plush and this will be how we communicate sort of Hmm. this is a thing we know about we know about him that's yeah that's very interesting i i would not have thought that like galaga is a thing that has the ability to captivate a child's imagination and attention but you'd be wrong (laughs) that is um yeah that's very powerful and the fact that he apparently also loves arcade pac-man is yeah, that's that's a that's a very niche interest now, and uh, I respect it. Do you want to talk about action items? I would. Yes, um, I will pull up the word document where I have them from last time. There were two action items, um, and we can talk about them. Mm-hmm. All right, action item one was do one thing to get ready for the coming winter. Did you? I did. Um, there, there was a point last week where I sort of sat down and it was December and I was like, what am I doing for the rest of the, the month and Hanukkah and um, am I ready for it? And the answer was no. So I had to like <laughs> call and message my family and make some uh, sort of concrete plans and book hotels and also sort of uh, reach out to my neighbors that I dog sit for and be like, hey, so I don't have a menorah for Hanukkah. You all seem to uh, be older adults whose children have mostly grown up and you live in a house with many possessions. Do you have a spare menorah I could borrow? And and boy, they did. So yes, I am I am much more prepared uh, for the winter. After that, um, I, I had taken a half day from work, um, which uh, I, I don't know if this is coming through. I, I do have a lot of um, sort of the like weirdness and uh, sadness of working in public education, but I'm much less stressed um, in my day to day job. Yeah. I am being paid less. I, it was it was a big pay cut to be uh, go, going from this position, but um, I'm no longer being like hyper scrutinized by uh, my supervisor at my job and also my job responsibilities are sort of much more specific and less. Um, so I, I felt also that I could take a half day, um, use my sick leave to kind of do some preparing for or life organizing and preparing for the winter. So yes, <laughs> I, I did do one thing. I will turn the mic over to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I really did anything specifically to prepare for winter. <laughs> I probably should. I mean, I did some things that I do on a seasonal basis, like I got my oil changed in my car. Hey, that's one thing. But that's something that I do for every season. Not, and it's not really like seasonal. It's just that I happen to do it often at the change of the seasons. So, Well, here's the thing. Uh, it is December 13th, as we know. According to my calendar, winter is uh, – wait. No, it's the 14th. Scratch that. Erase that. De- delete that. <laughs> it's the 14th. Uh one week from now, December 21st, is when my calendar says winter begins. So you still have a week to, to do any one thing. I, 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 I find that bullshit, honestly. People say saying that winter... That it's not winter yet? Yeah, or? no, it's obviously winter. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been uh, referring to 
this as winter for when it felt yeah when it felt right uh which is when uh it was cold and snowy in pittsburgh for the first time which i think was at some point uh early early mid-november so that's when it's felt like winter um and i've proceeded accordingly yeah we got our first snow this past week nice not really <laughs> i don't like oh. it <laughs> oh well <laughs> sorry for you live in new england though yeah <laughs> Anyhow, um, action, action item two. Yeah, action item two, I believe, was to watch Star Wars Andor. Yes, uh, I did not do that. I continued to do it. It finished in the, in the period between when we uh, when we last recorded and now. So I did. How do you feel? And I've actually been rewatching it with my parents. Okay, well, that I guess is the follow up. Yeah, I, I was like, how do you feel about the show now that? Um, it was the first season? Yes, the first of, of two. Yeah. Um, and the second season's not coming out for another couple of years. They just started filming it. So so yeah, yeah. I um I'm I'm very, very pleased with it. I love I loved it. I thought it was one of the best Star Wars things ever, possibly the best Star Wars thing, honestly. And I am liking it even more on a second watch through. So I I continue to highly recommend it. Nice. Perhaps um during my winter break I will actually make moves to um watching it. Gotta make moves. Or or and or uh Andor. I will have to. <laughs> that's true. Um, Andor. Um, but um, it, it will either be that or it will be um, sort of going into the Sonic the Hedgehog sort of uh, cinematic cinematic universe. Uh, I, I, I may only have room for one. Yeah, there's actually a new Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon that premieres on Netflix tomorrow. OK. All right. But I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any uh, action items you would like to share for the next time we record? Um, should. Um, I, I have one. Okay. Good, good, good. Give me time. <laughs> My action item that I would like to propose is that you decide on a yearly theme for 2023. And and what I mean by this uh, is I, I, I kind of stole this idea. Are you familiar with CGP Grey? I am, yes. He's a, a guy that makes YouTube videos. Yes. Um, and he also has podcasts. And one of the things he talks about frequently, well, once a year, is that um, – Instead of making New Year's resolutions, he will come up with a theme for the new year. Like, okay, this will be the year of less, or this will be the year of reinvention, or this will be, you know, the year of travel. And then tries to kind of set an agenda for the coming year in that way. And so that's that's my action item, to decide on a theme for the coming year. All right. That's very timely and I think a fun one to do. Um, I think my action item uh, is going to be to uh, be weird. Hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in a like, I know this is like a fun, like if you're a fun and quirky city, it'll be like keep Asheville weird kind of is your slogan. I I don't mean be weird like that. I, I just mean uh, do, do something that is um, maybe strange and what you wouldn't usually be doing and maybe would be afraid to do simply because it is strange, but it is maybe good and pleasant to do and not harmful to others be weird be weird okay that is uh that is a good one as well with that we will end this episode of social distance warriors the way we end every episode which is by are we still doing our twitter <laughs> that's what i was about to ask you yeah i guess feels this this may be uh for for our uh, year end retrospective this this may be uh <laughs> one that we revisit i i think we do i think we do for this one um but yeah we mentioned our twitter which is at 
<laughs> SDW underscore pod. Um, and we also end every episode by staying distant. And also by going the distance.